You're listening to the second season of the Junior Hereford Show. You're a Hereford enthusiast, or maybe a fellow junior, and you could be that excited individual ready to take on the future of the beef industry. I'm Ralston Rip, your host. Get ready to learn, lead, and achieve. Well, welcome back to the Junior Hereford Show. I hope everyone had a wonderful new year and we're already almost just a month in already and on the starting number two here for 2023. And I'm excited to be back on the podcast. We're kind of excited to kickstart a series and really start checking in on where our National Junior Hereford Association alumni is. And we thought it was very fitting to start off with Mr. Kisto Stotes from Skyatook, Oklahoma. Not only is he an NJHA alumni, but he's also currently our board advisor. So Kisto, how are you? I'm doing well. It's good to see you. It's good to hear from you. It's fun to be on, and we were talking a little bit beforehand about where our conversation was going to go and how we were going to start off. And, you know, rather than just asking you us to tell about yourself, I think it'd be fitting to start chronologically a little bit and talk about when was your, when did you first get involved in the Hereford Association or showing Herefords, you know, tell us about maybe your first junior national for the first time you remember being on a Herefords lead? So my story is a little different than, than most. I, uh, I was kind of brought into it from the very beginning. And I, I've been one of those people that I really didn't show anything else other than Herefords. That's kind of been my only thing. Uh, I was very privileged to grow up on a very large Hereford operation. My dad was the uh, the cowman, the herdsman for a place that was called Star Lake. Back then it was Star Lake Cattle Company. Then it became Star Lake Cattle Ranch. And they ran about, oh, anywhere from five to 600 head of uh, cattle. And, you know, all of that was either purebred Herefords or recips carrying Herefords. So I, I dabbled a little bit when I was in high school. I showed a couple steers and I think I showed a heifer once and that didn't last long. I, I like things that are easy to manage. So I was uh, basically my first, you know, my first shows, I got to go to every one of them. And that might be the one interesting fact about me that I tell people is I am the only person who has been to uh, as many Hereford Junior Nationals as possible. I went to, I exhibited it, it either 15, 15 of them. Wow. And that was because in 2000, uh, was the first combined junior national and the, yeah. the horned and the pole had different rules. We were combined, but we had different rules. You could be sick. My birthday is in February. So you could be six as of January one and still show in the horned show. So we, we got a horned heifer just for that. And so I got to show in that. And then fast forward 15 years later, you know, by then all the rules were in place and you had to be uh, you couldn't be, I think, 22 as one and I was. Uh, so I got to show as of January 1, and my last one was in Grand Island. Oh, but wow. I was, I went to every, every one of them. I was very lucky to, my parents and my family were uh, really pushed that every summer. That was kind of our thing to do. Everything else revolved around it. Yeah. So I was there when it was, 
like I said, I, I, it was my house at Tulsa, so it was in, in my backyard, and it was the old fairgrounds, and we were just kind of, it was just kind of uh, a neat thing, and I barely remember it, obviously, but back then, you know, we could go almost anywhere. We went to Tulsa being a large one. We were in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. We did one uh, in Milwaukee. I mean, so we've been, nowadays, you can only have it in a few places because it's so large, but back then, we could do, you know, we could do different deals in different places and it was it was just a blast and it was something i look forward to every summer still do yeah still do so as yeah. far as memories i can't tell you the exact time but <laughs> i remember getting drug around the pasture quite a lot there you go being being drugged and having a little rodeo breaking them i'm sure absolutely <laughs> so with all those travels you had growing up you know you've seen a lot of different times and that's kind of a very commonality of time goes so quickly and it's kind of wild. I'm sure thinking back to being six years old then to now um, being seven or eight years old and getting started. What's kind of, what's been interesting for you to watch just the changes, even as a young adult now um, what's been kind of the biggest or the most cool or kind of wild thing to think about that's changed. Yeah. Changing. I mean, what I think is so unique and so cool is how it's gone from you know being just a just a few of us to having it's such a, a huge I mean the size and the scope of that event is something that I don't think anybody would have imagined in 2000 yeah. no one would have ever thought that it would be what it is today so I think that's that's a testament to to the breeder the association for sure and things like that we've been we've just been able to provide a good uh event for so many years and it's been so consistently good that people want to and want to be uh that's and that they plan on it i mean it's what we did back then is what people do now it's it's just what you base your summer around and the shows you go to before are all in for that show and we've seen a lot of things grow out of that that's something that I don't think anybody would have would have even thought about it yeah. being the size and the scope and the depth that it is today. Yeah. I don't think anybody could have dreamed of it growing so much or even the cattle kind of changing so differently. I know just with the Denver stock show being over, I was looking at old pictures of the steer champions and I think it had skipped every like 10 year increments, but it was kind of wild, just the variations in height or style or breed even. Mm -hmm. um, it gets pretty crazy, but okay. So back to you, I was asking some questions for my own personal history interests. Okay. <laughs> With your involvement there in the association, um, I guess, take us through a little bit. Where are you now? How did you get to call Sky took Oklahoma home. That's, that's very good. My, like, again, I'm a little different than everybody else. Um, my currently, I guess my, my legitimate title is I'm the director of the fine arts program, uh, here in Sky took, uh, what that entails is mainly I'm the band director. That is my everyday job. Uh, I also oversee some of the other departments. And but my day is mostly spent uh, teaching young people and get, making them better musicians and things of that nature. And I see all aspects of the band side of things. So that's everything from marching band to concert band to 
jazz bands to soloing ensembles and things like that. Um, so that's my everyday job. Um, and so right from breaking calves in a pasture to now you're wrangling well, kids you in know, the basement, right? <laughs> it's always like, where did, how did that come about? And really to, when I got out of high school, I mean, I was doing, I did a little bit of everything. Uh, I enjoyed still, I mean, obviously enjoy the cattle side of things, but I was also very talented at, at playing trumpet and I still play in the symphony here in town. Um, and I was, I, I auditioned for colleges, which was the thing you did when you were senior in high school. And I got a very good to go to, uh, the university of Tulsa, which is here in, in Tulsa, very good school, private school. And I auditioned at a bunch of places, but they, they ended up, I remember walking in the room and my teacher was there. And at the end of the audition or whatever, they basically said, have a full ride to school, blah, blah, blah. If you're a music ed major. And I was like, well, I don't know what else I'm going to do. So let's try that. And I knew uh, as well that they had a very good law school. And so I, I, when I enrolled as a music major, it was a double major. You can't major in law, but uh, as an undergraduate, but I had, I took quite a few legal classes and I, and still to this day, you can, as an alumni of that organization, I can go back to uh, law school there at a very considerably lower cost. I think it's now like $60,000 a year, which is grotesque, but (laughs) there is that option. And, And I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed that side of things. And then my master's degree was was also paid for. I ended up, uh, ran cows for about a year, helping a mine in a county around here. And then I got my master's degree and in that again, paid for. And I've got, uh, I got to do the basketball bands at Wichita state university. That was my job. I was the director of the athletic bands. And so I got to go to the NCAA tournament a couple times. I've been to the best we ever did. I think we were in the sweet 16. I think mean, it was the best we ever did, Wow! but that was a lot of fun and it's, it's just been such a great experience and it allows me to do a lot of other things I like to do as well. That schedule of being a teacher uh, helps with the spring and there's plenty of opportunities to do other things. So that went into the, went into the thinking as well. But yeah, I started out as a pre-law major wow. with some music as well. And, you know, here we are. Yeah, there you go. So I do have to ask, I'm a very big dreamer. So when you were a little kid, what was like the one profession you were like, oh, I'm going to be that someday? I see. I don't, I had that. (laughs) I don't know. It was, you know, I, I was very, I mean, I didn't have many different ideas or thoughts. You know, I grew up on a ranch. So it was going to be one of those two options. I was going to, you know, work cows or do something like that, or I was going to do something that I was involved in at school. Those were the two options. And I was really good at, at music and playing and stuff like that. So that just, you know, and then that just kind of developed. I worked really hard at it. I became an all-stater for three years and things like that. So it really wasn't, a, I don't know if I can remember that. Oh, okay. You told me you had such a good memory. Well, maybe it, maybe it just wasn't there. <laughs> there we go. No worries. You're definitely living the best of both worlds, getting to live out your dream in the music room and still get to help um, 
pursue being involved in the beef industry and with the Hereford Association. Um, so you kind of failed to mention too, what was your paths kind of like after high school in the Hereford Association? Um, you're our advisor now. So how'd you get there? Well, so I, I guess it's for me, I, uh, I started as a delegate. I was a delegate for a very long time. Yeah. I think, uh, the earliest time I was a delegate, I think uh, we was like 2003. Mm -hmm. I was probably 10. You know, we didn't have as many parameters in place then, but I was a delegate for Oklahoma every year until I ran for the board. So I got to see that going up, and then I decided to run for the board. I don't know what year it was, um, but I, you know, I had, I really, you know, I really didn't have too much of a you know, I knew of board. I thought it was cool and I thought it was hip and all that, but it wasn't like, this is my passion. I'm going to do this. And this is whether I die or be on that board. It was a, you know, there was a few people that said it would be a good idea and thought it would be a, you know, a smart move and it would be good for, good for me and good for the association. So I thought about it for about a year and I decided to run and I had some really great people run with me. And then, you know, that obviously just changed, changed everything. So I was on the board then it would have been uh, for, I had graduated high school. So when I was in college, those, those three years of undergrad, I was on the board. And then afterwards, like I said, I had one year of showing when I was off the board. And then, you know, after that is, is you know, grad school and working here at home, we've got, we run about, you know, 60, 60 head on a, when everything's cabbed out, we've got about head and in, my dad, my mom, and uh, me, and then my sister when she's in town. So we we uh, we basically just try to keep everything <laughs> from falling apart and love every minute of it. Very cool. Well, I love that, and I it's pretty cool to hear that you were involved in the association in a leadership role from such a young age. Just being able to be a delegate and recognizing. The opportunity from there and what were maybe why what was some of your favorite parts about being on the board or do you have you have to have some memories from those three years you know everybody says the same thing and that's that's why the Hereford breed is so uh popular yeah it's the people that are involved uh they become more than you know more than just colleagues or you know things like that it's a very unique that you're not with them every day yeah. but every time that you're around them or something, it's, it's like you never let it's, it's like they were sitting there next to you every day with you or something like that. And that's a very unique um, type of relationship that not many, not many a breeds have people have in general, you don't have that uh, relationship with your colleagues at work. So to say, most of us don't, but I know that I can pick up the phone and call most of any of these guys that I was uh, on the board with or gals. And we can just talk for hours about, you know, life, cows, et cetera. And that's, that's really something that people need. I need, you know. Yeah, no, that's very cool. Um, I couldn't have said it better. I think that's what is very unique about our breed and just the people. Um, I love that you mentioned not even just in the beef industry, but just in general either. I think that's something we have that's pretty special. Mm -hmm. So you went to high school involved in showing cattle your or in just the Hereford industry your whole life. 
and went on to be a music teacher and still involved in growing your own operation alongside your family. What's next? What's kind of the next five years look like, or um, maybe even longer? What's kind of your next dream you're chasing? Well, you know, it's never, I don't like to think of terms and absolute, you know, what's the big thing next. I, I've got some small things I'd like to do here. You know, I really like to, to grow not only a person, but like my students, um, we've got some things that I'd really like to like to achieve, you know, some personal goals. Uh, we've done, I've been in this job for three years. Um, could I, could I on and do something else? Yes, I probably could, but you know, the work's not done here yet. This is my hometown and you know, there's, there's some things I want to make sure get taken care of if I ever decide to, to bail or do something else. I'd always, you know, that certain dream, you always want to teach collegiate level. You want to do something like that. Um, I, but I'm in a good spot right now. I've got to, I've got my day job. I still get to play. I didn't mention I get to play in the symphony every once in a while when they call me up. So that's, that's always nice. You know, you don't get that everywhere to do all those things. And certainly being an advisor is such a great, that's a great opportunity. I'm surprised they even asked me, but I'm certainly enjoying it. And I'm certainly uh, glad that they did because I think I can offer just a, a very unique perspective uh, versus what a lot of people do. That's my job every day is to grow young people. Um, I'll buy it's not, you know, you think it's different, but it's really not. <laughs> young people are all the same. You know, they all have goals and aspirations and things. And it's my job to cultivate those and help and set them up for success whether it be, you know, doing well in a, any job situation or, you know, hard work, determination, all those things are universal in not only in my program, but in, you know, in an ag college or anything like that. So that's part of it too. And when I, you know, going forward, I guess there's no, there's no term, there's no end date, no expiration date on anything, but I'd like to, I'd like to do that a little bit more expound on where I'm at and, things of that nature. And I'm, I'm in the same town I was, which is whatever, but I love being next to my, my parents and our family farm and get a real life worky job in town. So that's, that's a little bit of the best of best of all worlds for a little bit. <laughs> oh yes, for sure. For everyone. Um, a little bit about, you did mention, so you get to play in the symphony. So is that locally then, or does that take you other places also? Well, so for me, being close to, I'm very close to large metropolitan area. I'm 25 minutes from Tulsa, which is another thing that a lot of people really don't have. And so that opened me to a lot of things. And it's just, it's word of mouth. I mean, I'm, I'm young. I got called in, uh, what they call it, it's called a sub, meaning that they have, uh, they have people in place that are contracted. That's their job full time. They play and they, they do concerts and they get money for that. And then there's people that have other jobs like me. And when, when the per, per session or per, per concert are needed, they'll call in people for, uh, for those parts. So I've got to, I've gotten to do that here with the Tulsa symphony for, you know, maybe three or four concerts. And it's always me. It's always a blast. I mean, I'm, I'm playing, I get to, I get paid. I don't have all of the stress of being the first chair player. <laughs> so I've done that. And also in the summer here in Tulsa, we have a, a professional wind group that's not really an orchestra it's just uh wind players 
and we play concerts like once a week out out in the out by the uh, like the they have a big like an atrium thing or a big uh, amphitheater and we'll play we'll play a different set every week and that's just a blast too so I always I always have fun when I'm doing those things. and you get paid I mean what can you what, <laughs> yeah you can't turn that down right <laughs> that's awesome oh, I forget I also played Amy made me play one time for when we went to Louisville for the junior oh, yeah. national she made me play uh whatever you call to the post the 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 deal that play the kentucky derby she wanted me to dress up in like a red oh. outfit with like some weird boots and stuff and i said absolutely not oh god <laughs> she found somebody the last time i think she found somebody to do that yes give me me i'm not i ain't gonna do that no. <laughs> we'll have a chance in a few years again to maybe ask you again see how you're feeling on the outfit <laughs> mm. well uh it has been a pleasure to get to visit with you and to see how you've gotten to where you are and um also what you're working towards next and just really enjoying where you're at and I want to give you just a few minutes because I'm sure as a teacher you have many words of advice to offer but what are maybe a few specific ones for our Hereford juniors or our listeners out there that are tuning in? Well, I, I think my message is one that you've heard before, and it's uh, one that's we say a lot, and that is uh, take advantage of as many opportunities as you can with this organization. And it's hard for people to realize, it's hard for young people to realize that when they're in it. You know, it's hard to to look forward, especially in this day and age, you know, and if there's anything I can tell, you know, I tell my students is there's a difference between fun and joy. You know, fun is something tangible. You can it, it's the easy way out. You know, sometimes it's things that we we just do that's that, you know, we do it for instant gratification and things like that. Joy comes from something that's greater than yourself and it's greater than you know something that you do just for you uh and it's only when we do those things that we find you know actual joy be it uh you know showing at the junior national being putting in all that work and all of that 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 hard times that's you know sometimes we don't want to do that you know we it's a lot and but the payoff is so much more and that just goes with everything. Once you do it a little bit, you want to, you want to do more and even more and even more. And that's when you really achieve what you want out of it. So be it, you know, being a simple as being a delegate or running a board or going to bowl or even yeah. competing in some of the stuff that we have, you know, extemporaneous speech. You don't, you don't have to have the, the most money or the best heifer in the barn to do that. But there are kids that have done that, that have seen great success you know, it really opens their, you know, up, opens up their mind to doing so many other great things and allows them to be, you know, better public speakers and things of that or doing the, the, the steer shootout, the feature lot deal. It allow, you know, those are things that they're doing now in a controlled environment that's going to help them when they get older, you know, doing anything like that, making not only just being successful, but dealing with people, being social interactions. That's something we have problems with nowadays in younger students or younger people is that interaction with other with others. Yeah. It's like that. And there's no other, there's no greater place to do that than within, 
the not beef industry, but the Hereford breed specifically, in my opinion. I think that taking advantage of all of those opportunities, do as, as much as you are able to. And I promise you it will pay off. It will be uh, very worthwhile. And, you know, if you have any questions about that, the board is very apt to answer those or myself, if you ever can get a hold of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think you're pretty easy to get a hold of too. I was having phone issues before this and you picked up every time. So if you have my any email questions, and my phone, <laughs> <laughs> any questions, please reach out to us and take advantage of opportunities, find the joy while you're having fun, maybe a few um, short term too. But uh, before we wrap up here, if you've listened to the podcast, Kisto, you might know what's coming, but I've had fun asking all of my all of my individuals who have been hosted here, what is success to them or how would they define success? And I'd love for you to share your opinion with us. I did listen to the podcast beforehand and I did notice the theme. Um, and that's a very good question. Uh, for me, success is kind of what I alluded to earlier, finding, uh, finding something that you do well and seeing seeing that kind of unfold you know it's hard to see in the moment it's hard to look inward at any point in time and be like well this is great you just have to realize that when you move forward and those tiny steps equal something greater equals some sort of success um, so for me it's really just finding joy and comfort in small increments and when you can look back on that and say, well, that was, that, that was great. That was success to me. That's really where it is. Um, you can be as minute about it and talk about your family or your cattle or things like that. But success isn't measured by banners or by accolades or anything of that nature to me. I'm sure those things are great, but I promise you the stuff that you're looking at is based on hard work you put in all of the struggles it took to get there. It's hard to see that in the moment. So look back at what you had done previously, see where you, you know, you can't manage what you don't measure. If you don't, if you don't measure what you've done, you can't really manage it or reap the rewards. So, and don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> That's always too. That was a really long pontificated answer about success but like I said it's different for everyone it is for sure and I enjoy getting to hear all the different answers and what's important to different individuals or how they measure it and it's been a ple my pleasure to get to hear about all your small moments for how you ended up where you are and um, what you find joy in and very grateful to have you out as an advisor now and get to have your different perspectives on life to really help guide our association. So thank you, Kisto, for joining us this evening. And we wish you the best of luck on all your future goals too. And I'll see you soon. So thank you for tuning in. Thanks and for having We'll see you next time on the Junior Herford Show. Thank you for joining us for the Junior Hereford Show. Stay tuned for the next episode and be prepared to continue to learn, lead, and achieve.